And before we begin our Torah study, let's pray together. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam, asher kitshanu b'mitzvotav v'tzivanu la'asok b'divrei Torah. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. Today I have a very interesting and important topic. I want to talk about the importance of the unity between Jews and non-Jews believers and its connection to the spiritual revival of the last days. Such a huge topic. Not be afraid. We'll take only 40 minutes and we'll look at one topic. We won't go everywhere. So, I would like to ask you to read with me, uh, to look with me, Ephesians chapter 2. And if you, if you have your Bible with you, or digital Bible, or hard copy, please open it with me. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 through verse 22. This is a good news for all the nations of the world. This is the good news for all the nations of the world. I believe it with all my heart. Ephesians 2.11 Therefore, keep in mind that once you, Gentiles in the flesh, were called uncircumcision by those called circumcision, which is performed by, on flesh by hand. And verse 12 at that time you were separate from Messiah, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise. Having no hope, I love this statement, having no hope and without God in the world. Verse 13, this is the good news. But now, in Messiah Yeshua, you who once were far off and been brought near by the blood of the Messiah. For he is our shalom, the one who made the two into one and broke down the middle wall of separation. People from other nations and the Jewish people. The Lord gave us shalom. He broke the wall of separation between us. It is a great news, I believe. I believe it is super great news for all of us. It is a wonderful news. Verse 20. Here is more great news for us. You have been built on the foundation made up of the emissaries or apostles and prophets with Messiah Yeshua himself being the cornerstone in him the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple for the Lord in him you also are being built together into God's dwelling place in the Ruach in the Holy Spirit see our faith in Yeshua unites the Messianic Jewish community and the Christian world our faith in Yeshua the Messiah, which is the gathering of believers from different nations who join Israel through the Jewish Messiah. People from other nations, all who believe in Yeshua or Jesus Christ. 
Together, believers in Yeshua from both the Messianic Jewish community and the Christian church make up the Ecclesia, the body of Messiah. You know, you can't say you're the best. I mean, we are the best, of course. <laughs> best of the best. We are called to be Messianic congregation, but there are so many believers around the world who believe in Yeshua, who trust Him, who love Him with all their hearts. We need to remember that. And it is so essential to understand and remember because our unity, our unity, is the only way to the salvation of Israel and spiritual revival among the nations. Our unity is the key for revival, is the key for salvation. We cannot separate one from another. <laughs> okay, I don't want to joke here. It's so serious. I had so many jokes in my mind right now. <laughs> About rabbi, priest, and, uh, you know, come together and do some things. Let it stop. I will tell you why after the service. So let us look what, at what Bible, does Bible says about this. And let's open again Romans chapter 11, verse 25 and 26. I would like to build our, our message on the foundation of the word. Romans 11, 25 and 26. Yeah, I can hear you are looking there in the Bible. Good, good sound. So, verse 25. For I do not want you, brothers and sisters. So, it is the letter to, to the Romans, to Rome, to believers in Rome. For I do not want you, brothers and sisters, to be ignorant of this mystery, lest you be wise in your own eyes, that a partial hardening has come upon Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So, one more time. <laughs> Partial hardening has come upon Israel. And we know the history of Israel. We know how many Jewish people, they don't believe in Yeshua, the Messiah. It's called partial hardening. And this partial hardening will be... Will uh, become until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Verse 26. And in this way, please remember these words, in this way, let us say together, in this way. So here's the key, here's the way, here's the answer from the Lord to us. And in this way, all Israel shall or will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer shall come out of Zion. He shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. That is the prophetic picture and the map of the future spiritual restoration of our people, Israel. And I would like to uh, take one word here. The fullness, verse 25. Until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. The fullness. The fullness in Greek, pleroma means fullness, completeness, and fulfillment. It is not about the numbers of Gentiles who needs to come in. But the meaning of this word is about the state, the completeness, the correct beliefs and understandings in the body of Messiah. 
So uh, let me uh, say one more thing here. We can find the exact word pleroma in Ephesians chapter 1. If you can open it, it's not far. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. The same word pleroma, the fullness. Ephesians 1, 22, 23. So God placed all things under Messiah's feet and appointed him as head over all things for his community. So Yeshua, the Messiah, he is the head of us. He is the everything for us. Which is his body, so we are his body. And here's the word pleroma, which is his body, the pleroma, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Here's the same word here. It's not about the numbers. It is about the state. It's about the fullness, completeness. In the context of the entire 11th chapter of the Apostle Paul to the Romans, we can see that fullness, if you will read carefully, chapter 9, 10, specifically 11, the fullness of the Gentiles, of fullness of, of Romans believers, is the restoration of the Jewish biblical component in the body of the Messiah. Without Jewishness of the scriptures, without Jewishness of faith, it is impossible to have complete understanding of faith. It means the maturing of God's community by accepting the Jewish roots of faith, Jewish foundation of faith, as a very important and fundamental part of its relationship with God. I truly believe, according to uh, Romans chapter 11, verse 25 and 26, I truly believe when people who believe in Jesus, I specifically uh, name his name Jesus because people in America know him as Jesus in Ukraine as Isus in Greek is Jesus but he is Yeshua the Messiah the same the same when people who believe in Jesus understand the Jewish roots of faith and make that understanding a part of their daily lives Roma, the fullness comes. And with the arrival of that fullness, people from other nations become like Ruth, accepting, knowing, and living by faith in the God of Israel. This is one of the, my favorite stories in the scripture. Actually, all scriptures are my favorite. If you will hear me, this favorite, that, uh, this is favorite for now. For now. Ruth chapter 1, verse 16 and verse 17. Here's the key. It is, it is the scriptures. It is Tanakh. Way before Rabbi Shaul or Apostle Paul wrote his uh, letter to Romans, it is already the letter to all the earth, all the nations of the earth. Ruth chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. Ruth replied, do not plead with me to abandon you, to turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people, people of Israel, will be my people. And your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. 
May Adonai deal with me and wars if anything but death comes between me and you. Anything but death. We are connected with you forever. We have the same roots. roots. We have the same understandings. We, we have the same beliefs. We believe in God of Israel. In Him only. What a powerful and prophetic statement from Ruth. And remember, she was a Moabite woman. Moabite woman. And if you read carefully uh, Torah, you will find there that the Lord commanded Israel do not accept Moabites into the community of the Lord. It was forbidden by the Lord. But here she is, Ruth the Moabite. Because of her decision and her faith, her pleroma, fullness of understanding of God of Israel, the fullness of her belief and, and, and faith in God, she became not only a grandmother of the great King David, the same King David, we read his Psalms, but a cherished member of the lineage of Messiah Yeshua. Ruth, the Moabite woman, she is the part of this beautiful, pure, holy lineage of Yeshua the Messiah. Wow. Think about it for a minute. The story of Ruth, though the Moabites, is an example of the messianic unity between non-Jews and Jews, so that both can enter the worship, to the worship in the house of God, in the presence of the Lord. And I would like to remind you, there is no wall of separation anymore. If you want to live without other nations of the world, I mean, it's possible, but it is a difficult thing to do. It is not pleasing to the Lord. If you want to get rid of Jews, first of all, it's, it's impossible. It's very hard. And the second, it is a very bad decision. Because we are called in one body together to serve one God. Isaiah chapter 56. Again, one of my favorite places. Isaiah 56, verse 6 and 7. And remember, this is not the New Testament, not Brit Hadashah. This is the prophet Isaiah. Way before Yeshua's time, Messianic era. Isaiah 56, verse 6 and 7. And here's the vision from the Lord to all of us. This is the vision from the Lord. Remember it. Write in your hearts. Remind yourself this place. Remind yourself. This is who we are. Who we are supposed to be. Isaiah 56, 6 and 7. Also the foreigners who join themselves to Adonai. Foreigners means people from other nations. People from all the nations of the world. To minister to him and to love the name of Adonai and to be his servants and who keep from profaning Shabbat. Very important. Very important statement. Shabbat. And hold fast to my covenant. <laughs> I have a question. What covenant? What covenant? We know about that covenant. This is the prophetic statement about coming covenant. 
through Yeshua the Messiah. Verse 7. This I will bring to my holy mountain and let them rejoice in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar. And here is the statement. For my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. For all nations. For all nations. For all nations. It is so important to remember, to grasp it. It is a golden verse for us. We need to remember. We can't accomplish the Lord's will in our lives as the body of Messiah without this pleroma understanding. We need each other. We have the same faith in Yeshua the Messiah. How wonderful it is that our community consists of Jews and non-Jews as a fulfillment of the word of God for all the peoples of the earth. For my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. It is a wonderful picture. So, let us return to the Torah portion and ask an important question. And I promise you it will be uh, one question for today, not two, nor three. How to return to fullness, to pleroma, in Ecclesia, in the body, in the church, in the body of Messiah? How to become united in Messiah? How can Jews and Gentiles become, un become united in faith? What are the steps to take? And I would like to, uh, to speak about one step today. So, one of the important and practical answers we find in today's Torah chapter. Let us open Leviticus chapter 23, today's Torah portion, and two verses, 1 and 2. Leviticus 23, 1, 2. So, here's the beginning of this chapter. Then Adonai spoke to Moses, saying... And here's the important part. Who spoke? Sometimes people call Jewish holidays as Jewish holidays, as, as Moses called to Jewish people and asked them, okay, guys, what are we going to celebrate today? Let's do Pesach. Who is for it? Who is against it? Okay, after Pesach, what, what we are, are we going to do? Okay, let's, let's do this thing, you know, this 50 days, it's um, Shavuot. Whew, cool. Who is for it? Who is against it? There is no democracy here. Then Adonai spoke to Moses saying, it is the days of the Lord. It is the Lord who gave these days to Moses. It is not Moses' holidays. It is Adonai's, the Lord's holidays. Verse 2. Speak to sons of Israel, to Bnei Israel, and tell them, These are the appointed times, Moadim, of Adonai, which you are to proclaim to be holy convocations. You are to proclaim. The Lord said, you are to proclaim. This is not a question. This is the Holy Convocations. My feasts, Moadim. My feasts. Let's say together, the Lord's feasts. I call it the meeting place and time cannot be changed. It is not 
about Moses. It is not about even not about the Jewish people. It is not about our roots. It is not about it's happened to be with the Jewish people who received it from the Lord, straight from him. First, very important statement. There are no such thing in the Bible as Jewish holidays. If you find, please find, uh, come to me after the service and convince me in it. There are Lord's Moadim, appointed times, for all the peoples of the earth. So there is no such thing as Jewish holidays. There are Lord's holidays. There are His Moadim. There are His appointed times. Because when you hear Jewish holidays, you just think, okay, I'm not a Jew. Do I want to celebrate it or not? Ah, it's for Jews. Let them celebrate it. <laughs> but when you know that this is his appointed times for all the nations of the, of the earth, you understand something. This is his idea. For all believers who are part of the body of Messiah, the church, and the Messianic community, Jews and Gentiles are included in this commandment. The Lord describes his holiday as Moadim. The word Moed has several meanings that are more appropriate to describe an important business meeting than a regular holiday. It is not like, okay, we have, um, what kind of holiday do we have here? Halloween. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Halloween is a wonderful example of it. <laughs> what about the, uh, this beautiful um, uh, egg? Okay, no, I don't want to go there. 24th of July. 24th of July. 24, yeah? No? 4 of July. Oh, 4. Let us do 24 of July. Who, who for it? Yeah. We'll do 24. We can do 424, so it's good for us. So, but what I mean by that? It is not about Sunday, it's not about um, holiday or vacation or retirement or um, trip to Miami or to Bahama or it's not about that it is about appointed time appointed date appointed meeting by the Lord appointed place or meeting place this word moed means appointed time <laughs> the Lord is the king he appointed times to meet with him and we had better to be there on time. When you have your appointment with your doctor, and it said there, be there 10 minutes before. I mean, we try to be there, but He is the Lord. He is the Lord. Amen. The Lord outlined his position regarding the special times when the children of Israel should come before him. 
it can be said that God's holidays are the official days of reception, the dates by which humankind verifies its position. It is very important to remember. Okay, I have a question to ask. Do we have the right to cancel what the Lord has established forever? No. I'm, I'm glad to, to hear no. I'm in the right place and the right time. It would be horrible to say yes. I would stop here, but let's go forward. Our members of the history of the Jewish people connects those ancient generations with us, with people living in the 21st century. To this day, Jews across the face of the earth unite at these appointed times. These certain days of the year in the annual observation of God's appointed times. These dates unites us together. The rabbis explaining the meaning of the biblical Jewish holidays, again, biblical Jewish holidays, said that besides the fact that God reveals his will and himself through them, their essence and difference from holidays of other nations is that believers in the God of Israel should not just remember events from the distant past, not just perform its word commandments. They're supposed to relieve what they celebrate every year. Relieve this freedom, this joy of salvation, this mercy of the Lord through these God's appointed times. And yet, another sign of these appointed times is that they also point forward. They're prophetic. The central theme of the appointed times is future salvation and deliverance. They are historical and they are prophetic at the same time. He is Moadim. They narrate the past and they foreshadow the future. They have a foundation and they have a fullness of time. So, God's appointed times are central to all people, to all believers. God's appointed times, they're his incredible teaching tools that increase our understanding when we experience what we celebrate, the love of God towards his people. So in a few words, I want to show the main prophetic meaning of the biblical Jewish holidays because this is the dial by which all the humanity lives. This is the clock of the universe. And, you know, a few words means a couple hours, but let's do a few words. So first holiday, Pesach. The exodus from Egypt through the saving blood of the sacrificial lamb indicates the atoning death of the Lamb of God for all of humanity and the release of every believer from the slavery of sin and death. Amen. Shavuot, Pentecost, in Jewish tradition, is the day when the tablets were given on Sinai. The very day. It is also harvest festival in Israel, a time when the priest shook the offering before the face of the Lord. First offerings, first fruits. Shavuot indicates the bringing of first fruits to the Lord, the descent of the Holy Spirit on the disciples of Yeshua, and the birth of the first Messianic community in Jerusalem. Shavuot. So these are two Moadim, or appointed days, we observe in the spring. And these spring feasts are 
observation of prophetic events fulfilled thousands of years ago. We know that Yeshua was crucified on Pesach. And that event ushered in a new period, the Messianic era. We know that Holy Spirit descended on Shavuot in Jerusalem. And the great miracle happened. The Lord descended into the hearts of people. He wrote his Torah instruction on our hearts. And you know that it is no coincidence that Yeshua was slain on the same day as the sacrificing of the Passover lamb in Egypt. The same day, Pesach. The day of Shavuot on which Moses received the Torah from God is the same day, appointed day, the Spirit descended upon the 120 people in the upper room after Yeshua's resurrection. It is prophetic fulfillment. The final three Moadim or appointed days are called the fall feasts or fall feast festivals. We haven't yet seen their prophetic fulfillment, but we should know which day of the Bible calendar, biblical calendar, to expect it. And you know, after all, God works by His calendar, His calendar, His days. We know, uh, we know, all of us know that we live in the end times, the last days. As we await their fulfillment because they will close out the current age. And as the Bible says, all will be, be made new. So first, Rosh Hashanah. Let's say together Rosh Hashanah. I'm just going through this Torah portion. First of the fall feasts, the festival of the shofar blessed, the new year. The beginning of the days of judgment. This prophetic feast will be fulfilled when Yeshua comes to this earth for the second time as the judge and king with the sound of shofars and heavenly trumpets. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51 and verse 52. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52. Here's the Rabbi Shaul. Behold, I tell you a mystery. I love Rabbi Shaul. He's always sharing with us mysteries of the Bible. One of the mysteries. And you know why mystery? I thought about it. Because it was the congregation in Corinthians. And many of those were not Jews. It was a mystery for them too. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment... In the twinkling of an eye, at the last shofar, for the shofar will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we will be changed. Rosh Hashanah, the last shofar. Rosh Hashanah. Yom Kippur points us to the coming judgment of God over all the nations of the earth. It will be at this very time that every person who lived on earth will receive a sentence corresponding to his deeds and his life. For those who have lived a life without faith, eternal torment. For the righteous who are redeemed by the sacrifice of Yeshua, the eternal justification and mercy of the Lord. Yom Kippur. And the holiday of Sukkot, one of my favorite ones for now. In this day 
All people are commanded to live seven days in the tents. And we know the history. Every Jew who walked in the desert with Moses looked through the roof of his sukkah and was able to see a pillar of the Lord's presence. And prophetically, this holiday points us to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 21, verse 3 and 4. I just read it. Here's the Sukkot. I also heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is among men, and he shall tabernacle among them. They shall be his people, and God himself shall be among them and be their God. He shall wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. This is Sukkot. No shall nor shall there be mourning or crying or pain any longer, for the former things have passed away. This is the last Sukkot, last holiday. So, in conclusion, I want to say a few words. We are saved, called, cleansed, and redeemed for one purpose. We begin with it. And Isaiah, we read it in Isaiah. This purpose to serve him, be his hands and feet, his priests on this earth. Serving the Lord is not a burden, not a favor to God. It is an honor, a privilege, a joy, and the meaning of our lives. We are called to be servants of God. He is the perfect God and therefore accepts perfect sacrifices. And I would like to conclude with Leviticus chapter 22, verses 31 and 33. This is the last place for today. Leviticus 22, 31 and 33. So, you are to keep my mitzvot and do them. I am Adonai. You must not profane my holy name, for I will be made holy among sons of Israel. I am Adonai who makes your holy, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am Adonai. And even if the whole world goes in the wrong direction, our task is to praise him in everything. Amen. Amen. In conclusion, I want to remind you that if Beth Israel is a blessing to you, please consider being a blessing to Beth Israel. And I would like to invite Ina Please, let us stand together and we'll close with Aaron's blessing. From Rabbi David, Rabbits and Sandy, and all our Beth Israel team, Shabbat Shalom. And let us close our service with Aaron's blessing. Yevrecha Chadonai Vishmarecha, Yeradonai Panavalecha Vichunecha, Yisadonai Panavalecha Vayasem Lecha Shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. Shabbat shalom, mishpacha.